Today on the show, I'm going to talk about vulnerability and opportunity through some very personal experiences I've had over the past couple years. Please continue to support the podcast by rating and reviewing it on iTunes and also telling a friend. Please share the podcast, help me get the word out, and show that you enjoy the podcast by making a donation. Go to the storyofmepodcast.com and on the contact page, there's a donate button. You can donate in any currency, even Bitcoin, to help keep me out of the system. But please help support this podcast so I can continue to bring you these episodes. Okay, let's get to today's show. Beautiful am I, bountiful am I. Blissful am I, Waheguru, beautiful am I. Welcome to the show. For new listeners, my name is Amarjit Singh, and I am your host. For old listeners, welcome back. It's good to be with everyone again. It's been a while since I put out an episode, and I just had some personal things going on in my life that I wanted to take some time off and. And now I'm back, and having this time off got me thinking about some issues uh, with vulnerability and opportunity, and I'd like to share these with you through the prism of an article that came out uh, the other day about COVID amnesty. I don't know if everyone heard about this, but it's in the Atlantic. I'll put a link in the episode description, and it's Let's Declare a Pandemic Amnesty. And this got me really thinking about the past couple of years and how I felt about this idea. Because I know in yoga, we're taught acceptance, right? As yogis, to accept. And acceptance is important. In fact, it is the first step to self-awareness and understanding. If you're judging something, you're creating distance, you're resisting it. And if you accept it, you're bringing it closer to you and you're able to look at it through a more uh, neutral perspective using the neutral mind. And as yogis, we're taught to do this because when you start to resist, what you're doing is you're perpetuating your karma. The more you resist, the more your behavior perpetuates the thing that you're resisting. In fact, you can look at Many episodes where I've given examples of how this works. I think even in the last episode of the, uh, at the workshop I gave for the Belgium Kundalini Yoga Festival, I gave an example of this idea of how the resistance perpetuates the behavior that continues the karma. And if you want to let go of this karma, you need to accept accept the situations in life because it helps you stay in the moment when you resist. You're thinking about what could be, what has been, and how bad it is. And this is not a way to be happy. It's not a way to be present. And it is not a way to be authentic. And that is our goal, right? Is to be authentic, to be able to communicate with Authenticity, meaning that there is no resistance to the self. 
and any resistance in the outside world is a resistance to the self. And so then how do we balance this dichotomy of acceptance and resistance when we talk about culture, our society, and more specifically, the past two years and what is continuing and and the current times, this tyrannical (laughs) um, overstepping by government and these top officials to control your behavior. As a result, they're creating extensive harm. So how do we accept this? But again, learn to resist it at the same time. And isn't this a contradiction? And so when we talk about acceptance, we have to first understand that what we're talking about is not passiveness. The same way where we talk about you should not react, but you should act. And it's not being reactive, it's learning how to act. And it's not being resistant, but being active. So when this article comes out and says that we should declare a pandemic amnesty, my first thought, (laughs) given the year that I had, was no amnesty. Uh, You know, these people who closed down the schools, closed down the businesses, tried to force this poison vaccine into us, and who the governments who basically stole our money and and transferred that wealth to these corporate interests, you know, how can you give them amnesty? And and do they really deserve it? And, And this could be said from the other perspective. I'm sure there are people who were, you know, anti-lockdowns and masks and vaccine who who maybe uh, went to the other extremes as well. But when I look at this, I I think the first thing is as a individual, forget about the governments as a collective, but as the individuals who run it, and you wonder, did they really have your best interest in heart when they were doing this? And and. I believe that there were some people who didn't know what to do, who have lots of fear, and maybe for them this was done in maybe an interest that they thought would help people. Then, of course, there are the others who had malicious intent and knew that this was harming people. And we can see this by the politicians who would say, you should be wearing your mask. And then the same night that they said this, they're out at parties with their friends. And and, and these people who were maliciously bankrupting people's lives and, and causing harm to the children, you know, do we give them amnesty? And this goes back to this idea of good and evil. People say, oh, there's so much evil in this world. And, and I don't believe this. I believe there are people who do things that are are not very good and not very uh, beneficial to anyone and and very harmful. And and in fact, many of them know that they're doing harmful things, but they're focused on their own self-interest. Be that as it may, they're still not evil people. I don't look at it as good and evil. I look at it as understanding and ignorance. An important lesson that we 
as yogis learn, is that when you harm someone else, what you're really doing is you're harming yourself. And you're doing this through the karma that you're creating. You're doing this out of the, from the result that happens. Remember, this external experience is just a projection of your internal experience. And we know this through looking at people's behavior, the way they communicate with others is really the way they communicate with themselves. And the amount of love they have for themselves is the amount of love that they are able to express in the world. And so when we look at this idea of good and evil, uh, it's really just this lack of understanding. Because if you know the karma that you're creating for yourself, that you can actually see it and experience it, then just out of your own selfish interest, why are you going to harm someone else? Because it's like you're harming, it isn't like it, because you are harming yourself. And so this is the idea uh, that these people are just ignorant. And in the case of COVID, even if they're implementing these uh, policies that they know are harming people, they're doing it with malicious intent, it's not evil, it's ignorance. Because they think that for some reason what they're doing is going to make them feel better, whether it's because they can exercise their power and they feel more valuable in life or because they're going to reap some economic or social or or emotional reward. But as we know, all these things are just temporary, and so this is why when we examine the lives of these people, we see that they're not happy no matter how many resources they accumulate, no matter no matter how well they impose their restrictions on other people, they suffer because those things that they're after to make themselves feel better are temporary. And so that feel those feelings of being powerful, those feelings of satisfaction that they're getting are just temporary, and this is ignorance, and this is what's creating their suffering in life. And you look at all these politicians, and many of them are alcoholics or have some other form of addiction because they're really trying to gratify themselves through physical uh, existence. So going back to this idea of amnesty, then, do we give them amnesty? and? This is the idea of acceptance, right? We can accept that they're ignorant. We can accept that they don't know any better because of their karma, because of their life experiences, who knows why, but we can accept that they're ignorant without judgment, which is the hard part, right? I mean, you see some of these fools and it's very difficult to to not have some judgment, but we try to do our best to accept them without judgment. But when we talk about acceptance, it doesn't mean to be passive. So just because we accept or we provide this acceptance for their behavior, we need to learn to confront it in a way that doesn't allow it to perpetuate. Meaning, if we look at all these people who created these ideas and who imposed their restrictions on us, they're still in these positions of power. 
And we can see with the elections coming up in the U.S. and other uh, countries, we see that there's a little shuffling around of some of these people. But it's got a long ways to go. And even the people who are replacing these people are, most of them are not not much better, right? They, maybe they didn't make these decisions, but they also weren't in power. So we don't know how they're really going to behave to begin with. And this leads us to a whole nother discussion of, you know, is this the best we can do is to get these types of people being the ones who are supposed to be representing us in this government or in this world, because none of them are. And, you know, we can say that, well, COVID is over. Why are you still talking about this? And the idea of COVID is not over, meaning that this idea of COVID is transferred to the war. It is transferred to this idea of climate change. It is transferred to all these other ways that they're going to try to impose their will upon you. If you think there is any government, including the Ukrainian government, that cares about the Ukrainian people, it, it, it's a joke. I mean, it's like a chess game. They're playing games. These governments are playing games with people's lives. It's, oh, it's a proxy war. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, we should, we should allow it. It's a proxy war. And, oh, yeah, Putin is bad. Ukraine is good. Ukraine is bad. Putin is good. It doesn't matter. There should be no war. And we should not be allowing this to happen. All the resources that are going towards this are, are incredible. They could be solving all the medical issues we're having, all the poverty, the homeless people. We can be living such a better life if we had more compassion. And, and this compassion doesn't mean not resisting these tyrannical uh, mandates. Because compassion is a force, is a vibration that resists tyranny. And this is one of the things that has frustrated me the most with the situation. You know, in, in February 2020, I came out on social media and said that what the government is telling you is wrong because I calculated the numbers that they were giving, the, the WHO or CDC, all these numbers, and what they were saying didn't represent what the numbers were saying. And we still have this. I mean, it's ridiculous. I have to go to the doctors and here in Germany, which I think Germany and China are the only countries that are continuing the silliness, to go into the doctor's office, I have to go in the lobby. I have to take a COVID test. Once I pass that COVID test, I walk five meters. I have to put a mask on and sit in front of a plexiglass thing with a mask on after I've taken a test for a virus that has with this last variant, the, the the death rate is maybe even less than the flu by now. And it's just silliness. If I tested negative, why am I wearing a mask? And if everyone who's tested comes in your office, why are you sitting behind this plexiglass silliness in this plexiglass box that everyone in Germany lives in, in the, in the supermarket? It, it, it's ridiculous. And the fact that no one resisted, I got yelled at. I was sitting in the waiting room. There's no one in this waiting room. I'm alone in the waiting room without a mask. And I got yelled at for not wearing a mask after I've been tested. I'm sitting alone 
And when I see the doctor, I'm standing in front of a plexiglass thing. So it's silliness. My frustration is with people who understand this silliness but don't resist it. They go along with it because they think, oh, it's easier just to put the mask on than say anything. And yeah, this may be a little true. I mean, I've been kicked out of most places. I've I've been beaten by police for not <laughs> um, following the rules in India, uh, which is a story in itself. But the interesting thing that I have found here in Germany is when you try to bring this up with people, they don't want to talk about it. And the reaction on their face, I study this, you know, I, I like to study the micro expressions, right? These expressions people make uh, for the split seconds on their face that really give away the emotion that they're experiencing. And when I bring up this topic, the expression on the face is that they look down, they freeze, and they close their eyes. It's like, it's like uh, yelling at a child and shaming a child. They don't want to hear it. And it's a really interesting reaction, which I haven't seen in any other country that I've been in. Not saying that everyone wants to talk about this type of stuff, but they don't react the same way the Germans do as a whole. And it's a really interesting experience. I don't know what the karma is with Germany and following rules and not questioning them. The common thing that they say, well, is I can't change anything. I could only worry about myself. And to me, this is very selfish. Because what about the people who really can't do anything, like the children who are going to suffer more than we will? And we're seeing the developmental problems on children with speech and emotional connection. And I look at the experience I've had over the past two years and the struggles and difficulties I've had and know that this is probably nothing compared to what we're going to see, what other people have experienced as well. And you're not alone if you've experienced some very hard times in the past two years. As I I can tell you, I can relate, right? I make 90% of my income from festivals, selling my flutes and teaching at the festivals. And for two years, there were no festivals. I had no income and I was pretty much stuck in a third world country where I'm not going to be able to work and make any money. And luckily I had a little savings, but this ran out and it caused me some, some severe problems. You know, I have some health issues. I'm a, I'm, I'm a diabetic, and as a diabetic, you need insulin, which is quite expensive. And in 2021, I ran out of money and medicine and wound up spending four days in the intensive care, uh, emergency intensive care in the hospital. And we can look at this as the result of these impositions on our lives. And uh, this is a a very humbling experience. And it made me really examine this idea of vulnerability and what can come from vulnerability. 
And, you know, going back to being a diabetic, it is something I inherited since it runs in the Italian side of my family, because obviously I'm not obese, if you see me. And my eating habits are, are fairly good over my life. But there are some people who become a diabetic. I think I started mine started when I was, I think, about 28, 29 years old. Some people, they're born with it. Some people inherit it from their family. Some people, it's because of poor eating habits and lifestyle. But in my experience, the psychological cause is the same no matter how you got it. And in maybe one episode, I'll get into more detail of what I've learned through this disease and and witnessing this on myself and and other people. And it's interesting because uh, some of the people that I followed as teachers, like Guru Dave and Yogi Bhajan, were, were diabetics. And had issues with this, and and one day I'll, I'll get into, like I said, I'll maybe I'll do an episode on diseases, or or maybe just focus on this since I have intimate knowledge of it and a good understanding. But be that as it may, what I want to talk about is this idea of vulnerability, and especially uh, the men have grown up to understand that vulnerability is a weakness, and even maybe some women have been indoctrinated with this idea as well. But vulnerability is a, is a strength. Being closed and guarded is weakness. Being open and vulnerable is strength. Because when you're open and vulnerable, how can you be harmed? But when you're closed and guarded, you're constantly trying to protect yourself, and you're reacting to all the injustices or all the uh, ways that your ego is penetrated or uh, reacted to life circumstances. The way to deal with these difficult times is to really look in the mirror and say, well, how do I get myself out of this situation? How do I open up to become more vulnerable? And with me, I, I can tell you this is something very difficult. Uh, I mean, even going back to when I went to the hospital and, and spent four days in the intensive care, I was alone. I had to call an ambulance and I was debating, should I call an ambulance or maybe I'm going to bother them? Maybe it's not that bad. And so I start to try to, you know, Say maybe I don't deserve this, or maybe I'm I'm over exaggerating what's going on in this moment uh, with my health, and you recognize that this way that you're treating yourself is not kind because you're trying to protect because of these either self-imposed or culturally imposed or whatever you want to say, ways of looking at yourself and looking at what it means to be strong and what it means to be weak. And so this idea of vulnerability has really been something that I've focused on the past couple of years because my lifestyle and the way I've lived is moving around from different places and having different experiences. And really this kind of, you can say, individualistic lifestyle, meaning that 
yeah, I have friends, I, I know people, and I counsel people, I teach, and I like to be around these people, but there was always this separation, the separation between me and the other. And it's something you know, we can say all because of my family background, but it's probably much deeper than this because of my karmic history and, and the actions of previous lives and the experience of these lives that I find it very difficult for myself to be open and vulnerable. But now you start to see the benefit because one thing this last two years has shown me is really how important the connection is that you have with those around you. And if you don't have close relationships, how difficult life can be when you find yourself in situations that you need help is to ask for it. And this is one thing that's very challenging for me or difficult for me is to ask for help. And I'm sure many of you find yourself in the same situation. I mean, I was the kind of person, if I go to your house and you offer me something to drink or eat, even if I want it, I would say, oh, I'm okay. Because I don't want to put people out. I don't want someone to go through the trouble. I don't want to ask for something. And this is something that over the past two years, I've realized that it's something I should have been maybe putting more focus on is these relationships and the vulnerability in these relationships. Because otherwise, what kind of relationship do you have with people if you're not able to be vulnerable, not able to be open? I know in my counseling, people find this very difficult when it comes to sharing their emotional truth or sharing their inner truth with their partner, with their family, with their friends. It's this vulnerability. And they'll tell me when I say, oh, you need to learn how to communicate your feelings in your relationships instead of putting the other person's uh, emotions above yours and really ignoring yours. You need to be present with them and share them. And always the reaction I get is, oh, people don't want to hear this. And I say, well, this is the response from someone who is perpetuating this behavior. Because people who are healthy in this situation, this is not their response. Their response is, yes, people need to know what's going on with me. Otherwise, I'm not really connecting with them authentically. And so, What I see in this past two years with me, and I'm seeing this a lot as well because I've been really looking at this inside myself as I see this a lot and the people I encounter is this openness and this vulnerability to share and to really connect on on a level that is more authentic. When you do this, what you do is you're creating more opportunity to have better connections in life, to understand yourself better, to be healthier, and to have more impact in your communication. So going back a little bit into this idea of the past two years of COVID and and learning how to accept what's going on, but also the dichotomy of also resisting what's happening out of compassion. And this is another thing that I really was able to, to understand how we create this image of ourselves 
and I've talked about this on every episode almost, is this idea of who you think you are prevents you from seeing who you really are. And we create these archetypes and live them out. And they create aspects of the ego that we identify with and that we live. And even as yogis, this idea of being a yogi is one of these kind of archetypes. And we associate ourselves with it. And I can tell you, yeah, the last 20 years or so, I, I really even associate myself with this. And, and this is something that in the past couple of years, I'm trying to let go of this idea of even being a yogi. I understand, okay, this term of being a yogi is just this idea of looking for this union of you and your higher self and you and God. And yeah, I can do that without this idea of I am a yogi or I, I, I'm a teacher in many of my relationships or many of the environments I find myself in are these yogic people in this yoga environment. And, and it's very interesting because the reaction to COVID and this reaction is the same whether people are yogis or not. You know, when talking about compassion, I've seen people who consider themselves healers, which I really don't like this word. It's, you know, that I'm, I'm a healer. It's, yeah, I can inspire people. I can try to uplift people. I can try to shine awareness on something, but I, I don't like using this word healer. I don't think I've ever used it personally. And I, I, I part of me actually cringes a little bit when I see other people using this term, you know, whether they're able to heal people or not. I, I believe it's up to the person themselves. Maybe you can provide some environments that will make it more uh, helpful to to their condition. But yeah, it just seems a little, I don't know, arrogant or, or something like this. I don't like this term. I never have. But anyway, I, I saw a lot of people who would consider themselves yogis to have very little compassion to the situation of what people found themselves in during COVID. And then I was fortunate enough to find some people who were not even considered yogis who were very compassionate and helped me out more than I could ever imagine when I was in some difficult times. And so it really made me look at this idea of who I think I am, you know, trying to let go of all these aspects of ego that everyone has to an extent. And even this term yogi is kind of a, an ego term. I see a lot of people use this and and I, I understand it, but uh, I try not to let it define me. And I try to show people that Anything you identify with is causing some type of restriction. And yeah, some identifications are much healthier than other identifications. If I identify myself as a as a, a bad person, alcoholic or a drug addict or something like this, this is much worse than identifying myself as a healer or a yogi, but it's still an identification. And we want to let go of these things because they are a protection. They're a way of looking at ourselves that gives us some protection, that gives us some ego, that gives us some validation. It also limits your way of life. I want to look at these experiences I've had over the past couple of years and say, okay, how do I look at myself and let go of this idea and get into 
things that maybe I would see as not yogic or something like this. And so, yeah, it's time to reevaluate. And and if you're not constantly doing this, then how well are you understanding yourself? Right? Where you're not a static form, your consciousness is infinite. There are infinite aspects of yourself once you see that connection you have to the ultimate truth that any word is just a, an anchor that is trying to hold you back from seeing the totality or experiencing the totality of the truth of God, of Ekankar, Satnam. So in this episode, what I wanted to do then is to open up this idea to you about what it means to be vulnerable. Once you start to create more vulnerability, whether it's out of choice or in my situation, a lot of it was forced upon me because I had no other way out of the situation that I was in, is to look at this vulnerability and then look at what grows from it. Because this is where opportunity comes. When you start to see yourself differently, or you start to see yourself without a particular limitation, and you start to feel that, how do I create my environment to encompass more of what's within me than I have in the past? How do I take this vulnerability and express it in my creativity? How do I express it in my personal touch? How do I Take it and use it to connect to my environment and, more importantly, to the people that I encounter. And this is one positive thing that has happened from the last two years, uh, is, is this look at being more vulnerable and also then starting to put more value on these relationships that I do have or creating more valuable relationships. And it's interesting because you look at my life, I counsel people, I teach people, I help teach people how to see different aspects of themselves. And so I'm constantly focused on learning about people. And I've been like this since uh, I, I can remember. I remember being, I don't know, seven, eight years old, and I would meet my friend and his parents, and I would look at my friend and say, hey, why is he like this? And I'd try to evaluate his parents to see how they're be- treating him to behave like this and what he inherited and what the behavior is. And it was just a natural inclination for me. And this is what I've done throughout my whole life. But what I've examined is that there is a, a resistance to my own vulnerability when I'm in these situations, meaning that I'm able to really analyze people and see them on maybe a a deeper level than the average person. But when it came to my own interactions socially or, or emotionally, maybe there was more of a distance than other people who weren't able to uh, recognize the things that I was able to recognize. And so this is a another dichotomy. Maybe this should be the 
title for this uh, episode, The Dichotomy of Acceptance and Resistance and of Vulnerability and Distance. <laughs> so I'd love to hear from you. This is one thing that I really enjoyed about uh, the Belgium Kundalini Yoga Festival and the other festivals is when I'm teaching, uh, all the people who listen to this podcast come up and talk to me. And I'd love to hear from you. So share with me your experience of the past two years. You can send me a message through the website, or you could even record a message through the podcast website, thestoryofmepodcast.com. But yeah, share with me. I'd love to hear your experiences so we can learn from them as well. And I can help facilitate people's understanding of the experiences that they're having through relaying the experience that you're having. Because if you're experiencing something, there's someone else that is going through similar things, and they would love to hear what you have to say because it really helps connect people, right? Because one thing about suffering is it's a lonely experience. And when you experience this suffering, often you do feel alone. But when you can communicate with others, or at least have others share their experiences with you, you can see that, hey, we're all getting through this. We're all having this human experience. And how do we live it to the fullest? I'd like to tell you about Sing Flutes. These are flutes that are made by me. They're handcrafted Native American-style flutes designed for sound healing. The flutes are tuned to the frequency of 432 hertz, the harmonic intonation of nature. The fundamental note of each flute is in a key to vibrate a particular chakra. Whether you are playing for others or yourself, listening to 432 hertz music resonates inside the body. In fact, they did a medical study where they hooked people up to a brain and heart monitor and played different instruments to them. The Native American-style flute had the most impact in relaxing them. If you're a yoga teacher, it's a great instrument to incorporate into your classes. What I do is I have an app on my iPad that has the sounds of nature, and I'll put on the sounds of rain and play over this to the students at the end of the class. It's a very intuitive instrument to play. There's no musical knowledge necessary to get started. Each flute is unique since they're handmade. I put different artwork on them. I put mantras on them related to the chakras that they're tuned to. So go check them out at singflutes.com, S-I-N-G-H-F-L-U-T-E-S.com. Use the discount code, the story of me podcast and get 10% off. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed the program. And again, please contact me through the story of me podcast.com. Go to the contact page, send me a message, make a recording, share with me what it means for you to be vulnerable, what your experience is over the last two years, what you struggled with, what you learned. I would love to hear from you. And again, please support me and the podcast by making a donation. If there's ever a time I've needed a donation, would be now. So please go to the storyofmepodcast.com on the contact page. There's a donate button, donate, and support the podcast. 
So until the next time from the podcast that awakens your inner power through awareness and understanding, allow love to be the current that carries your words and actions. Thank you.